1: That means you're listening to uh, Mystery of Parenthood. I'm Trey Cashin, and uh, we've got a great guest today, and Thaddeus is here with me, and we're going to... Howdy, Trey. And we're going to start with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each... Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who was life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we've got one of our regulars, uh, Adam Earhart, here, all the way from Virginia, right?
2: Yeah, Yes, to Virginia.
1: Is it cold up there?
2: Uh no, it's actually kind Very, of warm. Oh, 60s, okay. High sixties. Yeah, sunny day, beautiful, brisk, sunny day up here.
1: Carry me well, back, back to old Virginia,
0: Virginia.
2: Right. old Virginia. That's right, baby. Yeah, I. I, I that's right, baby. Total
1: side note. I, I went I, when I went. To, I went to school at Washington and Lee University for a couple of years up there in Lexington, Virginia. And, oh, that's right. And we were driving up when I was a freshman and got stopped by a policeman or in a and uh well actually we had we would have money to stay anywhere so we had just pulled over and slept and f- slept in the car, you know, in Mississippi. <laughs> nice, nice. So you had some college kids asleep in a car in Mississippi and I Nothing could possibly go wrong with that scenario. A, a Mississippi uh state trooper pulls up and says, What are you Ooh boys boy. doing? you know, I'm like, we're just we're taking a nap before we drive, you know, the rest of the way.
0: You boys don't look like you're from around here. Where are you yeah. go?
1: Where you all going? And i like, we're going to Virginia. And and he goes, why are you going up to that Yankee place? And I'm like, no. Uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, Robert E. Lee is from Virginia. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. they got a little work to do in Mississippi, or at least back then they did on, on their historical <laughs> – on their history. So, anyway. <laughs>
2: I'm in Northern Virginia, and uh, there definitely is a
1: Northern Virginia versus uh, oh, a Southern Virginia. Virginia. Oh. Yeah. Well, anyway, I had some great. We're, we're a suburb of DC. Suburb ah. of DC, where I'm at. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, we Stephanie and I and, and Thaddeus have been going going through um, this deal, which I know you've got a hold of this on on setting our families ablaze. Kind of sp- springboarding off of the Christ words when He says, "I came to cast fire upon the earth and wood." That it were already kindled, and um, and 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 also off of the St. Paul uh, in his letter to Timothy, you know, fan your your fan the gift you've received into a flame. You know that idea of that and the Holy Spirit, obviously being symbolized by fire at times as well, always being there. That mm-hmm. that would be um, something that we need to do. And then I've like one of my favorite quotes, and it's kind of one for our family is um is Saint Catherine of Siena I believe is attributed with saying you know become who god created you to be and you will set the world on fire and mm-hmm. um and so anyway all that pointing to the fact that it would be nice to have an acronym that you'd be able to build kind of a plan of attack for for helping your family become a uh, a light a fire in this world um and so we chose fire and then we came up with these um four keys i guess to um helping set your f- family on fire and that's what we're going to go over but we're going to let adam with his vast experience <laughs> um including i guess a new baby here just just <laughs> recently yeah uh, congratulations to yeah. the air hearts new uh, baby yeah. claire right
2: yeah, yeah, we're on fire, all right. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Uh, 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 and that, mm. But that's but coming from that perspective, I mean, I've been there before, but it's oh, but yeah. but it's been a, but it's been a long, time. it's been quite a long time, <laughs> as I um, am becoming increasingly aware just by how hard it is to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> but but, uh, yes. but anyway, yes. the older I get, the more difficult that becomes. But so this is
0: Mystery of Parenthood kind of the guy's edition, right? Guy's edition. <laughs> if
1: guy's fire, you know, it's kind of Let's get ourselves around that campfire, campfire, right? Right. That's right. Saddle sidle right. up
0: to that campfire and let's get some get, get yeah. a nice blaze going.
1: And so and so well uh, very nice we don't have all the uh, accoutrement
0: that i usually uh, like to have her on a campfire uh, right now but i'm going to try not to let my mind wander to
1: that place like (laughs) yeah maybe we should we we do that later yeah another time another time another time another time but but um but anyway we thought we'd review it and let you jump in add to it i know Thaddeus. i'm sure he's got some things to add to it and then As I always say, it's always nice to be able to have something that you kind of in your mind can keep in front of you or in front of your mind to help you with what should I be doing, what could I be doing. This Mm -hmm. is not rocket science, nor is it exhaustive or the only four things that you need. It's just a way of trying to get um, something together that helps you remember what that means. So anyway, hopefully you've read... I mean, I hope you've gotten a chance to look at it. I think you have mm-hmm. yeah. the four keys yeah. to setting your family. And so the, those four keys spell the word fire. F is for faith. I is for integration. R is for relationship. And E is for evangelization. And so those are the four, are the four keys. And um, I guess we'll just start with, with F um, yeah. for faith. And so, you know, as as we talked about faith, and I'll just kind of go through what we did, the the first there's the, there's objective faith. I mean, we've talked about the difference between there's some subjective faith, which is usually the kind of like the verb, so to speak, the the trusting God, the you know, the mm-hmm. faith in that sense. But there's also objective faith. There's the the faith mm-hmm. that's been revealed. Uh, and kept intact and passed down through the ages, that deposit of faith that the church um, delivers to this world on behalf, or with the Holy Spirit and on behalf of Jesus, who is um, the bridegroom of of the church, right? So anyway, so, um, I mean, what, what we did when I went through, we talked about faith in terms of trusting that there's a a sense that the the we have to reveal to our children that there is an invisible reality out there versus a a visible reality and one mm-hmm. of the ways that we do that is we we need to pray um and then help them connect the dots because even in short bursts when we're recognizing there's somebody else in this car there's somebody else that we can talk to a guardian angel God himself, the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, God the Father, we can address God and know that he can hear us and is there. That's part of the way, at least, of getting our family to to understand that the faith, which requires us to not only, through visible signs, to recognize the invisible realities that are really the foundation Mm -hmm. and the beginning of everything, so... Um, how have you have you done uh, praying with your family? I mean, what what type of things do y'all do?
2: Yeah, I, I'm just listening to you and thinking of the the fire, um, thinking of what a fire like offers. You know, the warmth and something to gather around, and mm-hmm. thinking of uh, beginning with faith. Um. When I just listen to what you said, I, I'm thinking of the distinction between believing in in something or believing in a person, like placing your belief oh, yeah, great point. in a person, in a living uh, person that's that's present to you, um, and and stands with you, and stands as as we hear in scripture for us, right? And um, there's this reality of 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 trying to uh, make sure that we we always situate ourselves in the, in the presence of the Lord when we pray, right? Like this idea of we don't just pray um, at, in the evening without really recollecting, you know, it's a kind of a Carmelite thing or, mm-hmm. or, you know, to call ourselves and say, Hey, we're, we're in the presence of the Lord. And I was just thinking of this as you were speaking invisible reality, invisible reality. I know that for us as a family, we were just talking, welcoming little Claire into the world. And, and uh, I know Thaddeus has a little little Sophie. And, and so the idea is, you know, in our house right now, it's a lot of noise and a lot of craziness. And uh, <laughs> nice. Ditto. we're so tired. We've been so tired. We've just been like, hey, let's, uh, you know, do this or be kind of lazy and and try to keep our keep our sanity, right? And so when it comes time for prayer, it could seem like you're shifting from going 100 miles per hour to, like, trying to be quiet or something, like a forced silence or whatever. So it helps us to, to pause and, and to really say, okay, we're, we're just going to, you know, breathe in the silence here, and, and really welcome the Lord into our presence, and really recall that we're we're with Him. We're mm-hmm. with Him; He's with us. And let's recognize Him. Let's recognize Him uh, with us and among us. And I, I don't know if that speaks directly to it, but I think that is is something that our children deeply need to hear. That you know, um, we recognize His presence. We're not praying to somebody that's far off, right. um, and and uh, somebody that's completely aloof or, uh, not or aloof at all. Right. Or, but somebody that's in our midst and deeply involved with us in our, li- our life, as, as much as we think our family doesn't matter or, you know, uh, doing our silliness and having fun or arguing or whatever, it doesn't matter. It does. It, it does matter deeply to the world, how we love and how we live. And so just recalling that he's present to us in, yes. in the midst of us, is, is really important. It's something we can gather around
1: the family. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's the the main point is that this is not a distant God. This is not a God who, mm-hmm. who we go and it is somebody who we engage with in a, in a real conversation. <laughs> so mm-hmm. while you know, one of the things we talk about is you, you do want to pray Is Jesus taught sometimes. And I think we just recently, like not too long ago had a homily from, I believe father Brian talking about prayer and, and, and talking about the fact, or maybe it was father Greg, I can't remember, but, but I'm um, ta- talking about the fact that you can kind of carry on a conversation. You can kind of go through the motions and it not be there, but that it really is something that you try to want to connect with. So that idea of putting yourself, placing yourself in the presence of God, reminding yourself that he is here and he is listening and he is desiring to um, for us to encounter Him in a special way, even in a small moment in a at a home, mm-hmm. um, is part of establishing that sense that faith. The, there there's an invisible reality here that is yeah. not apparent to everybody, <laughs> but yeah. but to those of us who believe, and to those who are part of this family, to those who have faith, He is indeed here. So yeah, and go ahead. I love
2: that because oh sorry, go
1: ahead. No, I was going to say you go ahead. Yeah
2: i I love it because um there's an intercon- there's a connectedness there that I think sometimes you know even even when we talk about domestic church, we think, okay, it's just like this one place that stands kind of apart from other places um this uh, this understanding of domesticity or whatever
3: right. but
2: the reality is um by building up domestic church we're we're integrating our our family into the larger family, right—the great cloud of witnesses, the saints—you know, that that, indivis- that indivisible, sorry, I'm yeah. to sound like an American here, but that <laughs> invisible reality um, that we're all a big part of—and and by cultivating that that uh, recognition or that at least that space within our our home where we gather around it—is um, is really um, beautiful. And I think um, there's something else here when when you mention. Faith and believing in a person, um, as opposed to just believing a set of um, yeah, that's
1: important too. You more. know,
2: truth claims or something. We realize like um, there's there's a re-evaluation um, that takes place, and we were talking about our children. And I find that for me as a dad, a, a lot of times it comes down to hey, guys, like what do we value in our lives? Like what do we hold dear? Like what do we um, claim as our own what do we what do we we fight for is it our free time is it our time to play xbox or is it our time to like um do something we want to do alone or is it family time or is it you know anything any other number of things Like, where do we place our our value like what 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 do we place our time or invest ourselves into and we keep talking about it i don't know if we're getting anywhere but (laughs) We keep talking about, like, this idea of value because we value things that are beautiful. We value things that we perceive to be good for us. We value things that we feel will give us something in Mm -hmm. return. Um, And the reality is, like, like, do we really truly value, um, like, Jesus Christ first and foremost? Do we really place him at the center of our desire, our yearning? And it's difficult, I think, to—you can't force that on somebody, right? No. I don't know about you guys, but how do you like, How do you cultivate that in your home? This, yeah. this proper evaluation, right?
0: This, yeah, I, I think that um, as Catholics, the faith, the F part, almost can't not bleed into the I part, the integration they, part. Uh, they,
1: these all kind of you know? all go. They all they all kind of yeah. really. So together. as I'm trying
0: to, you know, chew on this faith piece, listening to the two of you, I I keep being drawn back into pieces that almost feel more like they fit in the in the I part or they fit well, in the they all, they in all, the E part.
1: They all do, I think.
0: And, I mean, but but mm-hmm. one one that I did sort of settle on that's maybe more distinctively proper for the F is I think looking at one's family and critically considering how are we making it possible for there to be conduits of grace in our family? How are we making it possible for the faith to flourish in the day-to-day rhythms of our of our family life? And so mm. what we try to do in our family, and we started this, you know, as soon as my wife was was with carrying our first child, we started making Conscious decisions about silence and stillness that we were going to have in our family. That we canceled, we cut the cord on cable way before that was a thing to do. We mm-hmm. keep our TV in a closet unless we're going to be watching, you know, something like, oh, I don't know, the Astros. Right. You know, who are in the World Series. Right. Uh, or football, you know, sport a lot of sports um usually. Um, we we cordon off our 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 kids and our our kids are still relatively young from um, electronic devices. It's just it's not a part right. of their world and we we don't um, we don't brandish them in front of them. We don't brandish our mm-hmm. electronic devices in front of them in a in a kind of cheap way. Right. Uh, we use them for for work you know or for mm-hmm. intellectual pursuits um, mm-hmm. we you know we make conscious time for family prayer uh each night we try to do it uh in low light we try to do it in stillness we we try to train the kids to hold their bodies in a reverent, still way. Even the little ones were, you know, were constantly grooming them. So I think, I think that's, that's important to, you have to make your domestic church, well, feel like a domestic church, I guess. I mean, it's gotta, mm-hmm. it's gotta have mm-hmm. that kind of reverent, still, uh, that place that, Stillness has to be a part of it. Silence has to be Absolutely. a part of it. Reverence has to be a part of it. Um, mystery, it. mystery has to be a part of it.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. I love how you said that. Um. Can I just say something? Yeah, I, go I ahead. I think you you put it in a great way. Uh, that is what you said. You know, it's a gift from God, right? We have to open ourselves to His grace to receive the gifts of faith. And, and I think that I was just thinking as you were speaking, like sacramentals, right? Mm-hmm. Like having Yes. holy water in the home having,
3: yeah.
2: you know talking about uh the scapular and and things like that 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 are things the kids what do they, what do, they do they they it just comes into part of who they are is they identify these things with home right. you know and and so they go out into the world they're thinking of man, if i miss home it's i miss having a little holy wolf on i miss uh sitting with my family and having these you know so it's these these are conduits of grace, like you were saying, like enabling them to to receive the graces from the sacramentals. So I just want to add that. I think that's
1: beautiful. yeah. I think it's I think it's really important. I mean, I frequently everyone has a has a crucifix in their room, and I'll come in and they'll be struggling with something or whatever, and it, it, it's easy to point to, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, say to teach whatever, yeah. offer this up, unite it with with what that you know it, it's bad. I know it hurts, but you know. Could be worse, <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but it just I'm not saying. But that's that's kind of how you can use those in a sense. I think the the deal is how do you make Christ real? I mean, you, you how do you make Christ real to them? And one of the, a couple things that I think and that His impact in our life that we talk about with regard to this is that, and this is part of integration, but it's part of extending the faith that we pray specifically for things. In other words, and openly with our children specifically, not always in generalities. It can be in generalities. But sometimes Mm when when we're led in prayer and as a family believe the Holy Spirit is asking, we always say, look, you know, God always isn't gonna answer a prayer. There's three ways he can answer it. He can say yes, he can say no, and he can say not now. I mean, Mm -hmm. um and so we try to let them know that sometimes we pray and the answer is no. Sometimes we pray the answer is yes. But to be open as parents to those times when you think okay God's at work here let's not be afraid let's entrust pray mm-hmm. specifically for something because we feel led to it not because we want it but we feel mm-hmm. like it's something that we know God wants to answer for us so you know for for us it was somebody came and wanted to buy our house and we had they had been praying for a new house and then it was all of a sudden like okay we have a house now. How are we going to sell the house we're in cuz we can't afford to buy the house without it. And and so we mm. sat down and and thought through and and really looked like God was actually answering another prayer that to move us. We were open with our children about that. And I say, "Okay, if that's indeed true, then he can he wants us to sell this house. And if right. so let's openly pray that mm. it sells." And let's do some specific things. And so we, we did a novena to St. Joseph, as I always say, the best realtor out there. <laughs> <laughs> and relatively cheap, too. <laughs> but, 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 but we did a novena, but we asked specific things, the last of which, like, how much we wanted to sell it for, those type of things, in front of the kids, wrote it down, let them mm-hmm. see what we were asking. The last one being, make sure lord that if this is what it is that the intercession of saint joseph it's very clear that the intercession of saint joseph is the reason that this happened so Mm -hmm. go through all that amazing things happen i i I may have told the story you probably haven't you may not heard it but some people come to our house and item by item like one of the things we prayed for is that they would not want anything fixed now every realtor we had said you have to fix everything they said, don't, don't. So the guy walks in and he, and I started working on it. And so he could see I was working on it. The guy goes, I, you, I see y'all are fixing some stuff in there. Look, I am a handyman. I love doing handymans. Stop whatever you're doing. We'll buy the house as is. Wow. No worry. Wow. And then he goes, and, and then he, and then we told him the story, how we had said this novena and that, that you, they, they showed up at our house Un, it wasn't for sale. They knocked on our door. And said it wasn't um, even on the market. It wasn't even on the market. They knocked on the door wow. and said, "Hey, my 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 father-in-law is is your mailman, and the, and you, your kids are homeschooled." And they were telling us that we're trying that y'all were trying to move. Well, we've been living with them in this neighborhood for the last nine months because we couldn't sell our house where we were coming from. Crazy. Wow! And we just got a contract on it. So we're telling this story, and we say, "Hey, we're good Catholics, and and we did a novena to to Saint Joseph." And remember, the last thing I said is make sure it's by him. Well, the guy goes, "Hey, we're Baptists, um, but we had been trying to sell this house so long that I actually went and bought a Saint Joseph statue. No, do not tell anybody." <laughs> <laughs> we started the novena uh, like March ninth, March nineteenth, when we had nobody even in nothing. Closed and moved into the new house that had been provided for us closed and sold our house and then bought the other house walked in the door at twelve ten on may 1st now, now oh I, i'm in the business
0: that well, doesn't happen. that
1: doesn't happen <laughs> no. <laughs> not not having anybody to sell and close in from march 19th to may 1st but conveniently those are the bookends of saint joseph's <laughs> deal so what i'm saying is you can go back to your kids and go we could not have orchestrated this. We weren't even paying attention to the dates. It, it just all of a sudden I looked down and said, "Oh wow, we moved in." So the lesson, it. folks, is praise. try to
0: sell, try to sell your house between March nineteenth and May first, right?
1: So <laughs> we're supposed to take away well, the, picking up. I one. would, I would, I would trust him to do it if that's what he wants. But the reality <laughs> is, is that that you can always go back and say, "Okay, there really is a God." There's no way to explain this. Right. The, the same thing right. happened twice in my life and i've had a realtor say that doesn't happen once in a lifetime it happened twice but i won't bore you. i'll save that for another story but always it saves saint joseph in the most recent sale and purchase of a home but anyway so wow. i think that that's I think, incredible well it gets more incredible but we got to move on so, <laughs> but um but anyway they they my point is. And that's why is you efficient. should tune into the next
0: episode of right. the Mystery of Parenthood right. to hear how
1: it gets more. Well, we we kidding. talk, but th- but I think it's so important for us to 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 let to trust God enough when we feel called to pray specifically for something that we believe He's gonna He wants to say yes to, in mm-hmm. a way that our children know that, so that when He does, we can say there is no way to explain this other than a God who's intimately. Mm-hmm. involved in our lives and our day-to-day decisions. Right, right. And he will honor that. The, 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 you know, I want to yeah. win a million dollars, you know, <laughs> probably not the prayer, but there are times when things come up that you need to do. So pray specifically. And like I said, that that's another one. I think another deal, which I, and I won't tell the story because I just did, but the, another thing on the faith is that you have to t- tell stories, you know, you to tell stories about your own life you have Mm -hmm. to have bible i believe bible verses not bible verses bible stories like the old um the old testaments replete with ones that i I mean boys love david and goliath right i mean um Mm -hmm. gideon's army i mean all all the different stories that our kids should know and then trying to extrapolate those out to hey this is how he intervened in our life so he's that, that god who did that then is still doing it today, not just in general, but specific to our family. So yeah. that I think that's important as well. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just want to tell you kind of like a funny little anecdote that that goes kind of with what you were saying, how God, you know, answers your prayers and you let your kids and. Uh, to see what you're actually seeking and asking for. Um, our daughter, our oldest daughter, she's 14. And, you know, we just had the new baby. And so she's like, I want a dog. And we're like, we're not going to get a dog. Like, these are nuts, you know. There's no way we're going to get a dog at this point in our lives, right? And so she's like, but I really won't. I was like, we'll pray for one, <laughs> you know. Pray for a dog. And so she's praying for a dog. And we, we're we in the car. And uh, so we go home. And I'm sitting down. I'm, like, cooking dinner, a lunch or something. And all of a sudden he hears, hey, Dad. Dad, there's a dog in our backyard. <laughs> I get out of here now. We live, like we our the back of our house goes up to a creek and like, so it's like there's trees and there's houses like in the distance, but we don't have neighbors that have uh, dogs, right? So, um, or not this kind of dog, this is like a big dog and he's off his, he has a leash with him. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So we go outside, we're looking at the dog. So anyway, it has a collar We call the guy, uh, the, and he comes and picks up the dog. And uh, so, but while we're waiting, you know, they're giving the dog water. and They're playing with the dog. They're petting the dog. You know, oh, Gypsy, you know, you're a great dog. All these <laughs> things. The guy comes and he takes, you know, he takes his dog and he thanks my kids and he gives my daughter a um, hundred bucks for finding the dog, right? And I'm like, no, sir, you know, we don't need your money, you know. And he's no, I want, I want to give this, give this to her. So she, he gives my daughter a hundred bucks. And so he he drives off with the dog, and I'm like, well, there you go. There's your dog. (laughs) (laughs) Just just know that God answers prayers, but not always the way you expect him to, right? (laughs) Yeah. You got your dog, but you didn't. You weren't specific enough. I said so. If you really want want a dog that you own and you want to keep, you know, tell tell him what kind of dog you want and how long you want it for. (laughs) No, No,
3: but
1: but I I do think that's that is a cool story, and I think everybody, if if our eyes are open. Sometimes we miss I think, God's intervention in our lives. Sometimes we think it's, you know, coincidence or yeah. something like that. We have to have our eyes open and then we have to connect the dots for our children sometimes. I mean, right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean actually actively connect the dots. Tell them like mm-hmm. you just like you're talking about what you did. I thought that easy So something.
0: yeah, I I noticed we're, you know, we're the fire's getting a little bit warmer oh, yeah. and our we hands are getting a little toasty. High. So we're going to yeah. move on to, to In integration. integration next. Yes. But I did want to say, I thought the way that story was going Adam, was that the melody guys. was going to say, you know, dad, after giving that dog water and taking care of it and brushing <laughs> it and walking around, I don't think <laughs> oh, I want a back. dog anymore. She
1: got a hundred bucks. Uh, man. So that's a, that's a great ending to the story. So, um, that's it. so I, so this, uh, this next section is like one of my, Favorites, because uh, it is something that struck me when I first went. When I first went away to school uh, to work on my master's in theology, I had been seriously impacted by a group of Baptist friends who who were so into their faith being part of their decision making. How they handled employees was in the Bible. There, I mean, this integration was something that I that I admired in them, but I, but I never really thought, okay, that's a Catholic thing. So that's a, it's kind of a Protestant thing was kind of what I was thinking. And then, and then I mm-hmm. show up and, and one of the first documents that I, that I am asked to read in Vatican II says this. So in the Vatican II documents, um, actually this is not the, the one in the, Va- in Vatican II says, um, one of the gravest errors of our time is the dichotomy but. Between the faith which many profess and the lives that they lead, mm. and that pointed to it. And then, at the same time, I'm taking John Paul II, and John Paul II is so bold as to say this quote, which you probably have heard. But um, there cannot be two parallel, parallel lives in the Christian's existence. On the one mm-hmm. hand, the so-called spiritual life with its values and demands, and on the other, the so-called secular life that is life in a family, at work, and social relationships in the responsibilities of public life and in culture, and this is him speaking, therefore I have maintained that a faith that does not, that does not affect one's culture is a faith that is not fully embraced, not entirely thought out, and not faithfully lived. Mm-hmm. And, and so our, our foundation for how integration is spent to be taught is to build off of those words from him, which is then the answer is we need to fully embrace it we need to at least move towards entirely thinking out why the faith matters and then we have to faithfully live it if we're mm-hmm. going that's that's an integrated life and that that should have an impact on first on the culture of our home but then on the culture outside of our home on the people that we interact yeah. with day to day so anyway that's what we built it on embrace think and live so mm-hmm. any thoughts on that. That's always, that struck me when I read those documents and I'll stand with this, I came home and told Stephanie, this Vatican II thing is a Protestant document (laughs) until I had a moment (laughs) to think about that. It had the Vatican in its title. (laughs) So, because I'd never known somebody and then I realized, okay, well maybe they're living the Christian life. And what I've done with this, with this kind of compartmentalized life, that's more disintegrated than integrated I go to church mm-hmm. on Sunday, but I do this on this day and this on that day, and it's all its own thing, is not a Catholic way of thinking. That Actually, what mm-hmm. they're pointing me to is that. So anyway, I'll shut up now.
2: No, I, I think that's beautiful. I, I, when I think of this, when I think of you, you going over the embrace, think, and live, that integration, and you mentioned being disintegrated and having things kind of compartmentalized, and you know, my face over here, and this is what I do for entertainment or whatever, um, I often think of, of the word peace, you know, the sense of, uh, for me, um, I recognize how shallow and superficial my, my peace can do, you know, when I'm like, all right, everything's going good. You know, my prayer life, every, you know, I, I have this time 30 minutes every morning, everything's good. You know, um, but then if something really disruptive happens or, you know, God forbid the uh, a plate falls on the floor or something, you know, there goes my peace shattered with the dish, you know, it's no good. So the reality is like the, this integration allows us to, really, um, just beg, <laughs> beg for, for peace, you know, God's the peace that only Christ can give. Um, mm. and, I, and I keep thinking of this. I mean, I, I like alliteration. All right. Deal with it guys. No, but yeah, yeah. peace and, and presence, right. This is yes. Christ's promise of presence to us. Another P. And you know, I the promise of presence. It, it gives us peace even in the midst of the, the broken dishes and, and things like that. But, you know, it's, it's that integration that allows us to, um, be, be at peace even in the midst of things um, dousing our expectations like I don't know about you guys but like th- this whole um, embracing uh, through prayer that idea of, of really turning to his presence to 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 sit with him to rest uh, in mm-hmm. him and, and to carry that forth into the rest of our day I, that can be very I mean that's beyond me um, being able to like really continually turn my mind to him but the more I pray, the more I, I, I'm with him and that I, I trust in his presence, that that trust you were talking about with faith. Um, you know, begin to trust in the fact that he is truly present. Um, but I, I love how it goes from that embrace to the thinking aspect where, you know, especially for our family, um, I think this is really, really important uh, for us as parents, because a lot of times um, when we read the catechism or we read scripture... Um, we can read it off the page and say, oh yeah, you know, thank you for leading me into a, a closer relationship with you Lord, a, a closer, a greater appreciation of your presence in my life. And maybe we stop there. Maybe, maybe we feel like we get enough from that. And we go on to living that out in our office, or maybe we keep that you know, inside and we, we parent from that perspective. But how many times do we really think and sit with these things and allow, allow them to, to trickle into our own experience, our own lived um, experience, maybe even uh, something that we used to see only as a loss or a disappointment, and now it's been transformed into something that has been touched by uh, the beauty right. and the power of Christ's redemptive touch, and now we can share that, almost presenting it to our family as, hey, you know, I've been praying with this and thinking through this and what this means for my life, and it's come to life, you know, in this new, beautiful way, And to share that with them, but to also think about you know, like you were writing, like, uh, um, in in one of your posts, like about like, what does it mean to say that you know Jesus is the Word of God or something. Like, what is what do these things mean? Like, how's it, how how does the Trinity touch anything yeah. that matters to me in the in a worldly sense? And these, if we're not doing as parents, how we expect to answer these deeply mysterious and beautiful, uh, inexhaustible uh, questions if we haven't yet approached them ourselves? You know, they want to see. Where is what does it matter to me as a teenager, yeah. or you know, what does it matter if I believe that or not? You
1: right. know, yeah, I think I think those are because that is something that I when I when I read that years ago, I always said, okay, we got to. Why does it matter? Because I hear people say, hey, we just need to get to Jesus. This whole Trinity thing mm-hmm. confuses stuff. I've heard people yes. say that. Did are Christian? Right. And yet, right. when you read Vatican II, it says there's a hierarchy of truths. The primary reason Jesus came to this earth was not just to redeem us, but to re- reveal God as a communion of persons. So mm-hmm. that, that, that was the, the number one reason to re- reveal God as he is. So if that's mm-hmm. important enough for him to come and then live his life and die on our behalf, then we should know why that matters. I mean, it's not right. just like, hey, you know, I can do – like my kids are studying calculus, and when am I ever going to use this? Well, yeah. if you can't tell the ant- – when am I ever going to use the fact that God's a tr- – when, when is that ever going to impact my life? Mm-hmm. If you haven't thought about that and can't at least in, in some way, shape, or form articulate it to your kids and make them – help them understand it, then it's just going to be like that deri- – you know, the the first derivative – calculation or whatever it is it's been so long since I've taken calculus but they're going to like they'll learn it yeah I know it if somebody You're asks me I, me I can about. answer it right I mean yeah. I can answer the question but I'm never going to use this it doesn't matter Right. and we can't right. teach faith like that you know mm. we, can't, we can't do that which is why I love theology of the body which is kind of where I yeah. go understand on that what are your thoughts on how would you um, in terms of thinking it out and then and then trying to get that to your kids. Have you ever done I mean, how old are your kids, yeah. Adam?
2: My, my oldest is 14. I have okay. a 12-year-old as well. So they're, they're at that age with, where, you know, we, we talk about this stuff often, and often I, I get, you know, a rolling of the eyes or something in response. But right. you know, Because I goes okay, dad again, you know. But there's times where it really matters to have these conversations and to have thought of them because it, has, it, it, it comes at a time where they're, they're wrestling with something. And, and actually, those points... Whereas sometimes it could be frustrating for parents or Your kids are wrestling with something. No, like these are these are beautiful moments where you can absolutely you know show them like life is complex and God forbid if we were the ones that had to make up all the answers or fabricate something because you know the iPhone is not going to be able to do it for you. You know, with meaning of life, Google it all day long, you'll still come off come 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 across empty. You know, but um, this idea of like. I think where like the intersection of where like we think about this and we can help our kids understand it more is like, you know, we talk about holiness. We talk about God. We talk about relationship, but like, do we, do we understand that? Like it's, it all deals with what we're made for and with happiness, like holiness and happiness aren't exclusive. You know, our happiness is our holiness. It's oneness with God. It's being, being conformed to his will. And if we don't, you know, as Catholics, we believe if we don't understand that, if we don't draw close to that, if we don't open ourselves up to that truth, we're going to walk away with with less than what we're um, made to receive, right? We're, we're going to walk away with our heads hung a little like Charlie Brown, you know, <laughs>
3: to right,
2: right. grief. But like the, the reality is, you know, we're made for happiness, right? And there's there's we. It's not like we have to figure out what happiness is, or like we don't we don't have to figure out how to obtain happiness. We've been told it's been it's been revealed to us, right? Mm-hmm. And so this idea of, like, there's actually answers as to how um, we we can be made happy, how we can have deeply enriching and fulfilling, fulfilled lives, you know, this is something that is it's good news, you know? Um, right. Yeah. And, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say that, as you go, I've I've told my kids, this. I said, whether you know this or not, and whether I can tell you where in a specific situation this is true, I can tell you that it is always true. The answer to every question is jesus he is the answer to every question in Mm -hmm. some way shape or form something about what he lived taught or has left behind and passed on through his church is the answer to Mm -hmm. every burning question that you have absolutely and that's so that's why it's so central not it's not something that's like okay we put it on the shelf and then we bring it off on a sunday you know and put it back and then bring it off it's something that goes throughout
2: yeah and and, uh, another you know that 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 happiness that we're all seeking in christ um the beauty the beauty is you know life in its complexities you know it's never we're we're rarely ever feeling like oh, everything is completely copacetic you know or, i'm I'm utterly comfortable and content, and uh if we do ever feel that it's it's a moment that is is about to escape you uh, momentarily you know, <laughs> yeah. and so the reality is like but that that doesn't have to destroy your day. It doesn't have to destroy your life. You know, the fact that suffering does exist and we will not always get what we perceive to be the greatest need of our lives, um, or our greatest want. but we, we are children of a greater promise than we can even muster the imagination to come up with, you know, uh,
3: right.
2: what, what my good future will be, or when I will actually feel comfortable and content, you know, the reality is, that, you know, Christ's life shows us that even, even though they're suffering, that suffering and happiness aren't mutually exclusive terms, and that, you know, we can be uh, children of, of a great gift, uh, receive a great promise, even in the midst of things that, from the outside or from our estimation, seem to be disappointing. Um, right. And yet, if, if we can think through what the, the Trinitarian life of God is, that inner communion of, of, of infinite love that we participate in, that we're made to be in relationship with. If, if that's the core of who we are as people, everything else pales in comparison, even though we feel strongly about it, even though we're suffering, and, and not to minimalize suffering, that's the worst thing to do as a dad, right? To say, like, you're not suffering with this right now, get over it. But to say, like, no, like, God is in that, with, in that suffering with you, and he wants a greater good for right. you through it. I was just talking to Thaddeus a little bit while ago about, you know, my wife and I, we had an argument, you know, the stress has been high and we we got into a fight and, uh, you know, it's, we recognize that, you know, we're imperfect and, you know, I'm, I'm a kid brother, you know, I have three, two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three boys. And my defense mechanism, when I got really upset was to say nasty things to them, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and they would, you know, be like, ah, oh, cause I was weak. You know, I couldn't beat them up. They would, they would crush me <laughs> and they did, but um, <laughs> I would, I would get my point in, you know, I would get my pointed word, in. you know? Um, and she grew up with two brothers. And so her defense mechanism is to like, act like nothing's bothering her. Okay, like, hey, whatever, you know, and it comes across it's like, I mean, so like when we get in an argument, it could be detrimental to our trust and our ability to communicate clearly. And yet, even after this fight, we, we came and we talked about it afterward and it, seeking forgiveness from one another and and talking through it, we realized that, you know, we have these mechanisms in us, right? For me being kid brother and her being sister, that it taught us how to how to defend ourselves, you know? And so through this bad thing, I'm not saying fight your good, you know, but through this bad thing where we argued and, and lost our tempers and um, we were able to seek forgiveness from one another and from God and for, ask for clarity in our relationship where we stand and how we, you know, let's fight this pattern in ourselves. Let's, let's be aware of these things that are, our right. wounds in our lives, you know? And yep. so, so these things, you know, we can regain that comfort and that peace in the Lord because we trust that, you know, in our weakness, he provides his strength, right? right. And so. All of these things, if we're not honest with ourselves if we don't recognize that we're weak and we're growing through these things, and all of these things are you know uh crowding around us. it seems sometimes we're drowning, but the reality is he's always with us, and we're never alone and to allow that to be the core uh reality of our existence is is uh fundamental to our peace and our happiness
1: yeah. well i think i mean I think that's that's great it's important to remember that uh, i i guess we move towards take that forward to into relationships because that's what it is but as i go Mm -hmm. through and look at my parents i know that they would would argue and one of the things that i know in a relationship is that when i entered into it that my dad and mom used to talk through and say stuff like hey listen the only reason that we're in an argument is i actually care what she thinks and we disagree Mm -hmm. and it bothers me that she's Mm -hmm. not agreeing with me i'm not saying Mm -hmm. that we handled it appropriately but 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 it also is a revelation that I actually care enough because if I didn't care, I would just walk out. I wouldn't, I would say, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't, you know, but but it's, my parents used to always say, it's kind of a revelation of that we have to live together. So we have to come to some understanding of how (laughs) to do this. So this is, I mean, so my parents walked us through that and they used to always end it with, listen, there's we are married until death do us part. Period. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what you've seen. A fight does not mean anything other than we didn't handle maybe something the best way we could have for one reason or another. But it's because we love each other that it happened, not because we don't like each other. (laughs) It's because we want to live together for the rest of our lives, not because we want to split up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that was the way i was taught so i mean stephanie came from a family that her parents never fought in front of them and so the first time Mm -hmm. that stephanie and i got an argument i grew up in a house where you know i would jokingly say that my 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 mom voted for carter and my dad said you're the reason this country's going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket And my mom threw a plate, you know. So I, was, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we saw, we saw. I've seen all, you know, Irish. You know, we're not, yeah. we, don't, we don't aren't great talkers always. But when we got our first <laughs> fight, that was like Stephanie's. Like, oh, I must have married the wrong guy because my parents never fought, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and then she'd go talk to her mother, and her mother's like, oh, we just never fought in front of you, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but bottom line is, is that you in know? relationships there is some revelation there of the fact that one of them, the three things that we say, you got to do time, trust, and then use authority. Trust, I think is part of this. When we're in communion with one another, even when we make mistakes, we can trust that the other person will forgive us. We can Mm -hmm. trust that we're not going to bail on each other. We're in it Mm. together, you know? And so there's always these opportunities through the daily events, those things that just happen in life, that mm-hmm. that we have to talk, you know, that we have to use as as ways of showing them, so that when they get older and they're in a situation similar, they can say, "Oh, I, you know, I remember that, or I've seen that," yeah, and yeah, and they can trust in that. I, I'm kind of we're kind of it doesn't sound like we're going to get through all this. Well, I, I know <laughs> we're not because we're down to like three minutes, but yeah, but um. But i but I th- I like the point, and I think it's important to remember that when something like that happens between whether your kids know it or not, I think it's important ab- about about the argument. It's important to let them know that life does have suffering in it, mm-hmm. that life does have where two people who love each other do disagree, maybe even to the point of of raising their voices potentially. But they need to know so that they're not taken aback when that happens to them. And they don't think, well, that means that we're not meant. Because I think the world thinks that if everything's going right, it should all be peaceful. If everything's going right, right if you're meant for each other, there should be no suffering. There should be right. no disagreement. I, I think and right. anytime there is one, that means, oh, maybe that, you need to leave. And yeah. that's not... <laughs> That's, that's why a, we have a crucifix not up there. That's, not, that's yeah. not where peace is.
2: No, no. Peace isn't just everything going the way you expected it to go. Right. And that's precisely it. It's like when we think about it, when we integrate our, our faith with our lives, we can, we can stay the course even in the midst of, of being uh, in recognizing our need and our want for a relationship and our vulnerability. Like none of us are impervious. And you know we can we can put a good show up sometimes that nothing can hurt us. But you know we're vulnerable, and and in a relationship we we open ourselves to uh, a lot, you know, uh, to loving one another and to, and to and to loss, really, in a lot of ways. Right? I mean, right. like C.S. Lewis wrote, to love it all is to be vulnerable. It's to, it's truth, and and um, but there's great peace and joy in that. Um, and I yeah. mean, we're wounded by beauty. You know, it's it's part of our makeup.
1: And read, and read if you read just in through, I mean, St. Paul, you know, says, I rejoice in my sufferings. Or mm-hmm. you know, uh, James says, "Counted all joy when we suffer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. just, it's it's part of the gospel is that yeah. there's not a disconnect between suffering, doesn't mean lack of joy, mm-hmm. it means. Mm-hmm. Lack of joy comes from lack of understanding of of what the cross means in reality. But we're yeah. at the we're at a point we got to we're going to have to wrap it up. But Adam, I guess we're gonna <laughs> we are we did not we only got yeah. through two of them and kind of touched on the third. So maybe we'll come back and do three and four if that I would work for that. But um, I would be honored. Yeah. Anyway, and so I, I think maybe the verse we'll do is Ephesians three fourteen. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, which is foundational to To this show. But um, always remember, thank you, Adam. Um, Thank you. Pray. Everybody out there, pray. Parent with a purpose and prepare for God to amaze you. And He will pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God bless.